Yeah, last night, uh, my son's like, you know, the internet's been really slow, Dad. And so I tried to reset the router using the app, and the app's like, please put in your password. And I'm like, okay, I put it in. It's like, nope, that's not your password. <laughs> so it's like I went into... I felt like it was 20 minutes, but my son said it was like two hours before I finally got it all like dialed back you, in. You, you know what your problem was? You planned it like a waterfall. And, <laughs> you know, that's that's what happened. You thought this is going to take me two hours. You didn't. You, you, you didn't <laughs> no, no. it out. Yeah, exactly. Like a waterfall. I was like, oh, this is just 20 <laughs> minutes. Nope. Yeah. No, no. It's two hours. You know, as, as you know, the, oh God, what was I thinking? It's tlc you know don't go chasing waterfalls that's right yeah you know they were they were on to something you know yeah. in that you know they were you know you know ahead of their time super ahead of time. exactly welcome to the ebfc show the easier better for construction podcast i'm your host felipe engineer manriquez this show is all about the business of construction today's episode is sponsored by bosch refine my site is a cloud-based construction collaboration platform that applies lean principles to enable your entire team to plan communicate and execute in real time it's the digital tool that works in tandem with your last planner system process and puts it all together in one simple collaborative ecosystem system. This easy-to-use platform is available in English, German, Spanish, Portuguese, and French and can be used on desktops, tablets, and mobile devices. According to Spencer Easton, Scheduling Manager at Oakland Construction, Refine My Site, in my opinion, is the best, leanest tool on the market for the last planet. Here's what our users have to say. We've looked at three other digital scheduling platforms and none compare to the straightforward approach Refund My Site takes. From milestone planning all the way down to daily tasks, this program gives every general contractor and their trade partners meaningful collaboration, accountability, and KPIs. Register today to try Refund My Site for free for 60 days. Today's show is also sponsored by the Lean Construction Institute. LCI is working to lead the building industry in transforming its practices and culture. Its vision is to create a healthy and thriving industry that delivers outstanding project outcomes every time for everyone. Check the show notes for more information. Now, to the show. Welcome to the show, Howard Goldberg. Howard, it is my honor and pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much for taking time out of your morning in the lovely East coast when you're, you're fighting things like snow and clouds. And, and here I have nothing but sunshine and, and actually, no, it's still darkness because it's so early, <laughs> but uh, thank you for coming on the show, Howard. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you uh, for having me, uh, Felipe. It's uh, good to be here. Uh, hello out there in, uh, you know, scrum world. First time scrummer, long time listener. Yes. <laughs> well, well, well well, I don't know how much of a long time listener. It's more along the lines of like you know uh, a, a, a new a new a new member of the tribe, you know, yeah. a new member of the tribe uh, joining and such. And uh, you know, excited to uh, uh, spread the word of the Scrum Gospel, you know, to all as uh, best I can. Being that uh, this is the uh, this was the first week I actually implemented my lessons in Scrum format, and it actually worked out well and um, and such. And I'm actually almost ahead of my coworkers <laughs> in a project that we're doing yeah. and and such. And I will say to you personally. Um, since I know you also introduced me to the confetti in my Trello board, you know that is a Felipe special. I have a class who who <laughs> yearns and cheers for the confetti. You know when I move things over to the done, there's like yay! You know, so I'm like, yeah, that's awesome, excellent. What grades are they, Howard? Uh, they're middle school or seventh graders. All right. Yeah, so uh, they kind of have seen the ex little pieces of the board. And uh, I don't know, in this lesson, we actually used a Kanban board in it, and the kids like it. So uh, 
I'm kind of uh, excited to see how far uh, uh, more it goes, uh, not just on a group project level, but also on a whole class level, where I kind of put a uh, kind of a mini uh, Kanban board up on a wall and post-it notes of everything that there should be doing, and we move to doing, and then done when it is done. Such 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 common sense. It just makes divine go. No. Stay hydrated, because uh, <laughs> I'm just gonna go. I mean, time's going to go fast, but you want—I want to watch see you passing out because you're talking so much. <laughs> Even though you're you're a teacher, so you should be used to, you know, being stand. able to go go long long times without a drink or going to the restroom. Yeah, it's kind yeah. of a oh, it's kind of the uh, it's kind of one thing that they did not teach us in education school. Kind of like that, you know, <laughs> this. Uh, uh, a skill set, but you kind of learn it as the job goes on. It's one of those things you learn on the job. It's, not, it's like you learn how to create some course curriculum, you know, planning for the year, but there's no talk about the biological needs of the human. Yes, that and the sarcasm. It's it's almost next level that you just can't, you just have to sometimes stand back and just be in awe. Um, I had a, I, when I was teaching a sixth graders, they had a time where um, I was passing out a test and I was going over the instructions and stuff. And I said, if you can't follow these instructions, you will draw my wrath. You know, just trying to be, you know, yeah. simple little, you know, scary adult girl, you know, type thing. So the kids do the test, they handed the papers and, you know, and then one child comes up to me with a picture that he drew of me. Now, uh, I have, uh, uh, there were kind of other erasure marks, so I guess that was like other attempts at drawing <laughs> on the same uh, piece of notebook paper, but it's kind of this uh, very tall, kind of like a monstrous, got the, you know, got the horns out, you know, like fire brimstone, kind of gave me a bit of a, kind of gave me a bit of a six pack, so I was kind of a little bit happy in regards to that one, you know, maybe a little too much extra on like, you know, the underarm no. hair, and I was like, and he hands it to me, and he hands it to me. And he go and I go. Well, what is this? And it goes, your wrath. And I'm like, what? What you 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 drew my wrath? <laughs> oh, good job, kid. I'm like, good. I want to say something in response, but I can't because that's just it was just so good. But yeah. that's that is the team I have to work. I, I that is the team I work with almost sometimes on a daily basis. So anyhow, so yeah. So that's back to you. Back to you. that's a serious mode now. Yeah, yeah, back, to, back to the show. Please tell the, the good people of the EBFC show a little bit about yourself. I am a uh, middle school teacher in uh, Loudoun County, Virginia. It is my, uh, I have been teaching for 23 years total. Um, and this is my 18th year in Loudoun County. Uh, I'm originally from uh, Somerset, New Jersey, exit nine uh, for all you New Jersey <laughs> wow. fans out there. Huh. I believe it is exit nine. I'm for, it's been a while since I've been back in Jersey. Oh, so I'm, hopefully it's exit nine. Um, and such moved down to Florida, uh, then went to school here uh, in Washington, D.C. at American University. Got my bachelor's um, in history in 1997. Then uh, went back home to uh, Miami to uh, Florida International University. Uh, got my master's in uh uh, of science and social studies education in 1999, uh, then got a job uh, teaching in uh, Maryland for five years, uh, Prince George's County, then Charles County, Maryland. Uh, then I moved in 2004 to the other side of the Potomac uh, in Virginia. Um, I've been here ever since uh, and been teaching in Loudoun County uh, public schools um, for the past 18 years. Uh, and such, I teach uh, uh, middle school history. I've done everything from uh, the, uh, as, we, as I jokingly like to say to the students, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. Sixth grade is, I like to say, U.S. history season one, where we go from exploration, <laughs> exploration up to Robert E. Lee walking into Appomattox Courthouse. And then seventh grade is Robert E. Lee walking out of Appomattox Courthouse up to the present as as best as as best as possible since the present is always changing um, and such uh, and then eighth grade is uh, civics so uh, teaching how the uh, government works or not works and uh, you know all that good stuff in between <laughs> uh, and uh, i've enjoyed every moment of it uh, and such and uh, uh, him 
And I wouldn't uh, change uh, anything that I've done, uh, you know, career choices. I love what I do. I work with great people, um, the kids, the adults, and, uh, you know, it's really great um, what I have. And uh, it is kind of through that uh, mechanism that I kind of got introduced to the world of Scrum. You know, <laughs> I, I got a friend. I, we'll have to call the engineer on this one. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Uh, all right. He's a fixer. Yes. Yes, yes. Yeah, I believe it was actually this, I want to say this past October, where I was just, um, I've been struggling. I, I, as I said at the beginning, I enjoyed teaching. It's just, I had been uh, to kind of, uh, I guess, to use the vernacular, my flow wasn't going very well in regards to the, uh, to the work that I was doing. And I just felt um, that I wasn't giving my the putting the best quality product out there for my students, um, which is my job, you know, to give the best quality product for the students to learn the content and skills that I'm teaching. And I just felt behind in a lot of things, kind of feeling rushed to get things done. Um, and such almost kind of taking a, a as a kind of to a, to say you the a heroic effort uh, to kind of catch up and not even to get ahead but to catch up you know and such so uh, she uh, sat uh, set us two together and her ge and her genius and like for people that yeah. don't know like eileen's not gonna come on the show but not gonna, not gonna come on the show yet but, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, was uh i mean she is brilliant at what she does it's awesome it, she works for lci just for people wondering like how does felipe know eileen too like felipe knows people thank you lci <laughs> for connecting me to such great people like yeah. eileen who works there and she yeah. said uh I, just, I think she sent me a note and she's like you got to talk to howard about scrum i'm so proud of her and the work uh, that she has done uh, with lci um, and also proud of the work that lci uh does as well yeah, likewise, we're pro I'm proudly sponsored by the Lean Construction Institute. So, yeah, thank you, Eileen, and thank you, <laughs> you know, why not give a shout out? And people, yes. click on the show notes. There's a link in the show notes about LCI if you want to learn more about the Lean Construction Institute and the beautiful type of work that they do and putting people like myself and Eileen together and then tangentially putting <laughs> power together where we make the magic happen so howard oh good grief <laughs> people let's give people a little bit of context and talk about i think i spent probably 10-ish minutes showing you about the scrum framework and where to mm -hmm. find a little bit more information and then we mm -hmm. we practiced in uh, one of my favorite tools trello b-r-e-s-o which i think you also use as well yes it is it is my go-to uh, pretty much almost for everything uh, and such, but uh, it was more on less on a, uh, kind of, I guess, on a personal matter in regards to it. I was just kind of like things were behind um, and such in regards to that um, things, uh, you know, uh, things, forms that needed to be filled out and turned in for IEPs, for child study reports, um, getting things graded you know, and uh... time matter. And Howard, I promise my guests, every time we throw out an acronym, we're going to decouple ah. uh, IEPs. I'm going to let me take a guess. Let me see if it's okay. an individual education plan. Correct. Individualized education plan. Yes. Individualized. All right. Give, 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 give yourself a ding on that one. Yes, yes. Uh, individualized uh, education plans. Uh, they are used uh, for uh, when students are diagnosed with uh, uh, learning disabilities, um, part of the Individuals with uh, Disabilities Education Act to kind of ensure that all students, you know, uh, get taught in the least restrictive environment as possible. Um, and uh, sometimes with teachers, they have to fill out forms uh, indicating what are things that they see uh, going on with the uh, with the child. Um, sometimes it's data forms because sometimes IEPs have goals that they want the students uh, to be um, 
working towards. Um, it could be on an academic basis. It could be on a behavior basis. Uh, so sometimes this is, uh, information needs to be documented and it needs to be uh, submitted from time to time. Uh, CSCs um, are child studies, uh, which is kind of... I guess you would say one, uh, one or two step lowers than an IEP. Um, a child study kind of is almost like the first step to work towards getting towards uh, to an IEP, where teachers of a, of a student may have concerns that they notice, uh, parents um, from home may notice these things, and they kind of report in and say, like, well, let's start taking down some observations, some data of what we see, um, and then let's see if we can implement some uh, supports for the students to kind of help them along um, and kind of at a, at a certain time report back with what we see and then what we may see is that you know the child study plan works so let's continue on with it if we feel it's needed or maybe it seems that maybe we need to take this to the next step and then um, we see if uh, an IEP is uh, uh, is needed and uh, what accommodations after if an IEP if as a student is uh, deemed to be eligible for services then we work out amongst the parents the students uh, teachers other di uh, other uh, uh, staff psychologists and such what accommodations the student uh, may need uh, to be successful because that is the whole process to be successful so uh, so I got those decoupled out there. Um, oh, perfect. And, and, and like a lot of the stuff that Howard's talking about, just in breaking down the student, you know, mm -hmm. needs and some of this stuff. Uh, we, Howard, you and I had talked about, you know, we got, we got on the phone a couple of times over the course of, mm -hmm. I guess you're right, since this last October, making mm -hmm. your, uh, your scrum transformation. Eileen and her infinite wisdom thought that <laughs> you would benefit from learning the scrum framework that I use every single day. And, uh, oh. Oh, God, was she right? Yes. And this is being recorded. So you can play this back to her that I said, Eileen is right. Eileen, <laughs> I'm going to make that the clip from the show. When Eileen was right. That's going to be the soundbite. You know, for a lot of people, Howard, when uh, they don't know what the Scrum framework is and awareness, I've got a whole blog post on awareness for Scrum on the show.com. So people check that out. Awareness is an issue because some of the things that we do in our everyday, how we work. And most people work in some type of team environment, like even yourself as a teacher, mm -hmm. it's a team environment. We talked about the, the students are on your team. Um, so there's parts and pieces of the framework that, you know, typically people do, but in order for it to be scrum, that you have to close the loop and there's a couple of extra little nuanced things. And then once you make those small changes and for people listening, if you're already working on a team, you're already, you're close to already threatening to do scrum. You're threatening, it's close. And so like what Howard was talking about with these kids and, and just these different reports that they do, these feedback uh, forms that happen on some on quasi-annual basis. In the scrum framework, there are a couple key points for feedback. And as Howard knows now, when we put this concept of a envelope, a time envelope, or we call a time box in scrum called the sprint, now we've radically changed that feedback frequency and uh, magical things start to happen. So Howard, I want to let you unpack, you know, tell people a little bit. I mean, you, you went on and did a great job of saying, you know, where you were before and you felt like you were behind. And even from my perspective, just in our engagement that first time, I could see frustration was high. I mean, you were very frustrated. You were also like too hard and arguably too hard on yourself. Because uh, there's a systems component to how people work, Howard, which I don't think a lot of people appreciate. You know, you know, sometimes people, if you're out there and you're listening to the show and you, you're feeling like frustrated in the work that you're doing, too, some of it's actually not your fault. Some of it is the system that you're in. But you it's, can change the system. It's kind of self-inflicted wounds that you kind of give to yourself that you don't realize, um, or such. Uh, and at, or for our friends over overseas, its own goals that right. you kind of score against yourself yeah. um, as well. And um, you are right; it's kind of a, a systematic where it's just kind of like you know doing things, just habits right. that just needed to be changed. 
like for example the concept of multitasking because every now and then they say teachers are great multitaskers you know because of all the things we have to do it and i'm like realizing no <laughs> sometimes we're, we're 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 bad at it <laughs> you know it's it such and and then i kind of uh started uh, looking at uh, when you introduced me to the concept of kind of uh, putting things in a to do a doing and a done um, and just making sure that when it's something's in the doing pile um, you finish it you don't even think about doing anything else and I just started doing that on my own you know putting things into doing even uh, though my to-do pile was not prioritized but it was things that I know would probably need to be done uh, at least not every day, every single day, but at least I know in a typical day that most of these things would need to be done. Things like, you know, making sure you're updated on your graded papers, make sure any forms that needed to be filled out were filled out, prep for the lessons for the next day, who are like, you know, uh, parent phone calls that you need to send, uh, that you need to, uh, uh, do uh send home to you know everyday things that you know needed to be done so i just started putting that in my to-do pile and you know moving things over and i was feeling like ah i got them done you know things like that and uh, slowly in a kind of weird way i found that i was a getting things done ahead of time and having free time to do stuff stuff at the end and i was like okay what do i do now <laughs> ah! um and such and it was working out you know on a personal level uh for me i actually found myself getting more relaxed and a kind of getting into you know here's that word again the flow of things where even sometimes i wouldn't move stuff from the to do to doing but once i started doing something i made sure i got it done it's like you know if i was grading a set of papers on an assignment i would make sure i get at least one whole class you know done i teach uh, six classes of seventh graders so at least if i know i'm doing a grading run of papers i'm just gonna be like i'm gonna grade some of these you know put, nope i'm gonna grade them all all of these assignments are gonna grade, grade graded right now you know things like that or you know i know i have forms that i need to fill out okay which forms do i need to fill out i'm gonna fill those forms out now you know at making sure everything is done now when i'm starting to do it um because i think that's a lot of times and i'm pretty sure everybody in every profession has felt this that you know when you're working on something you know and then like the mind tends to get lost or you realize you have something else you're okay i'm gonna do some of this now all right i'll do some of this and i do some of this and and you just realize you think doing multitasking gets everything done no because the pile's still there you know and it sometimes stares at you in like you know almost a judgment this inanimate you know pile of objects you know of things that need to get done and i just found i was getting things done you know on a personal level and then as it on a personal level i kind of wanted to well, wait a minute this is me personally doing stuff can, can I implement this, you know, on a kind of teaching, kind of in lesson planning um, and such, kind of taking the ideas of uh, the last planner uh, well, system and ideas of, of, of Scrum and such, because it was also, um, and I have to give a also a, a, a shout out to uh, Mr. Christian Bikel, uh, who also helped out a lot, because he was, uh, he was kind of the one that kind of got me just hooked on the idea lesson planning is hard it is the joy of teaching it is also sometimes the bane of my existence because of just everything that has to be done um in regards to it because even though i am teaching a a, a similar subject um across six classes um so i guess break it down to the fact i have six teams and each each teams have their own qualities and characteristics so the line from a to b is not going to be going the same way so kind of factoring that in just kind of document getting that like thought process through so I kept hearing about this. So I talked with Mr. Piquel about this and I was kind of interested in it, but then um, uh, for unforeseen circumstances, it kind of went away and, and such. And I kind of brought it back again a few weeks because I was just like, I'm, because I was just struggling with planning, you know, because teachers, uh, we were, we were doing the waterfall method. <laughs> you know, we were like saying by this day, you know, 
we'll have this done, you know, and it just usually, you know, the calendar just goes horribly wrong <laughs> within a matter of like, you know, <laughs> a few days, you know, and the thing is, though, it's not, once again, like you said at the beginning, it's not my fault that the calendar goes off. There are just so many variables that you're dealing with. And being that you're dealing with a team of six classes of 150 kids, so we're talking roughly-ish, 25-ish you know, uh, kids per class. So you're talking about a team of 20, you know, 20, you know, six or more, because I'm part of the team as well. Um, and just, I was just finding out, so over a few uh, weeks of conferencing, you know, myself and Mr. Pakel kind of like started to put the pieces together. And I was realizing, um, as you also said at the beginning, I was kind of doing scrum, but I was just not doing, I was doing bits and pieces or not in the right order. So, but I knew hearing from him, hearing from you and, you know, all the things that I lead would uh, send towards me reading um, and such and uh, hearing what uh, Dan Fauché would say. Um, as I met Mr. Fauché as well. And he's a, he's a wonderful man. Uh, he's also been on the show. <laughs> yes. He was a great guest on the show as well. Shout out to Mr. Dan Fauché. Yes. Um, and just hearing all the things I go through, I'm like, because I always, I guess I, you know, uh, uh, and I think also who else was I, I talked about? Uh, Mr. Pease, James Pease. Um, well, you're just talking to all my friends. Right? Here's what you're doing, Howard. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> I, yes. Uh, hello out there to you. Uh, if you are listening, but as we were going through, uh, we were, this has got to work for me, you know, and I guess I was too, I guess, I don't know, too black and white because I was like in construction, this is like construction, construction, you know, because that's how all I heard about with like scrum and lean in the concept of construction, you know, and building. And then, you know, Piquel comes around, I hear planner, I'm like this could work. So, and then I kind of decided to like, let's dive in and let's kind of see, uh, you know, where I can make these square pegs fit into the square holes and the round pegs into the round hole. I wanted to take a look at it, kind of almost take a, a 30,000 foot view of it. So I see I could connect the dots. And as I was going through it, and then I kind of followed up with you um, in regards as uh, how, how it works. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I've been doing this all wrong. And I could have been doing it all right and differently. And I have kind of been kicking myself for that. But then I looked at it and I found, as I was also uh, uh, learning uh, from what uh, you said and uh, what Pakel said, and he also uh, gave me an introduction to, I guess, almost kind of the scrum holy grail yeah. of the uh, art of doing twice the work in half the time by the great Dr. Uh, uh, Jeff uh, Sutherland. See all those post notes in there. That's how my book looked when I first met Jeff and I had him autograph it. He was just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Jeff said to me, he's like, oh, you really like post notes. I was like, I do, Jeff. I do I like them a lot. To any of you who are who are just, I, I would recommend it um, because it is so it is so clear and so concise, and uh, he walks you through every uh, part of the process with clear examples of his experience of going through um, the different aspects of it. Like I just uh, finished the chapter on waiting. Yeah, uh, you know, and how uh, you prioritize things and how, you know, pri prioritizing on how long it's, you know, and when you can get it done is just like, it, it, it's out the window. I'm, I'm, in fact, when I start planning out this next unit, I'm going Fibonacci, you know, sequence on it. Uh, see, uh, because I'm like, oh my God, it so makes sense. Because as I would go through and I would kind of think about, okay, the skill uh needs kind of like you know the skills of one because I, I could realize you know things that i probably spent too longer on in regards to teaching was absolute waste um not because what i did was bad it's just that i could have done it faster and more efficient um, than the way i did it and i think also that's another thing being harm myself you know it's more like I want to do the best that I can. Um, and I don't like settling for, you know, uh, doing things, you know, shortchanged. 
Um, right. And then I realized that sometimes as you're planning and you realize when you plan by the calendar, this date's got to have this done. And you know that time constraint just gets smaller and smaller and smaller. You know, you may have to rush things, cut corners and such. And as I said at the beginning, develop not a quality product um, that you feel. But now I feel like I do kind of had been doing some scrub stuff here and there and such and kind of getting through things quicker and i think doing a better job at developing you know a higher quality product because knowing okay the kids need a b and c how do i do get to a b and c you know not really oh i have to do this oh no because that's not going to help you get to a b and c but if you know but you've done this all the time. I'm like, well, it doesn't help. You know, it's, it, it, it doesn't help in getting to, you know, to where the goals I needed. And then also kind of on the examples of, and a lot of it reading through his book, also, I guess, reconfirmed that things that I had been doing were actually worthwhile, kind of like in the concept of stories, kind of knowing uh, what uh, being able to define done and to any teachers. A lot of this is stuff we do, or let's, we do already or we should be doing um, in regards to developing good assessments, good um, teaching uh, and such. Um, kind of like if, uh, uh, to quote the phrase, uh, with teaching you, the acronyms usually, or the, uh, the phrasing is usually uh, formatives, summatives. Summatives are, you know, the tests at the end, you know, uh, the, the dreaded chapter test or the dreaded final project that, you know, everyone had to do to assume that, you know, you know the content was learned, you know, the things everybody dreaded having, you know, come walking in, realizing, oh, wait, oh God, we have a test today, ah, you know, and, and freaking out. Um, Formatives are uh, the tools to ensure that they got it, that they have master, that they have understanding of the concepts. And I was going through, I was like, well, wait a minute, formatives are almost kind of like, you know, the definition of done. You know, it's kind of like if you, you know, if you're kind of doing things on a sprint, those could be those moments where, you know, you test, okay, the formative should be part of the, you know, final product. Basically, the summative should not be a surprise. You know, by the time, if, if, if formatives are done right, by the time they get to summatives, there should be no shocks or no surprises. And if there is, then that's something you as the teacher should look at because your product is faulty in some way. Maybe while well, they understood the content, maybe it was the skills that were as part of the summative that they needed to do to show that they understood the content they were not ready for. So that should then... So then hopefully next time you kind of realize, okay, um, not only do I need to check for understanding of the content, I need to check for understanding of the skills because sometimes you have to realize that if they may not, if a test kind of bombs at the end, you have to double check to make sure was it because they didn't know the content or that they did not understand the skills. Now, the traditional chapter test, which does have some of its value because you want them to make sure they get the content, you know, are usually like, you know, your multiple choice, fill in the blank, some true, false, depending upon what you have, maybe some writing of a, and such, but then depending upon how much uh, skills you want to you put into the uh, summative at the end? How much is there a persuasive, uh, uh, you know, uh, writing to persuade, writing to perform, uh, to uh, inform, or, you know, uh, to uh, critique? Uh, just different styles of writing require different skill sets. So if they don't know how to do that type of writing or writing in general, depending on the grade level that you teach or the skill level of your students that you may have. Have, um, you're setting up for like you're setting up for disaster at the end so good informatives uh, good formatives inform good teaching and those are kind of like your store those should kind of be like the uh, almost the store uh, the kind of the the coda of each story you know kind of each chapter uh, and such yes i got to the uh, story section of jeff's book <laughs> if you couldn't tell but uh, howard i want to just go back and unpack a little bit when we first connected and and i tell people like you start doing scrum iteratively exactly mm -hmm. like it is it's like it's not flipping a slight switch like one day you're doing your old thing 
And then we flip a switch after you learn what Scrum is. And now you're doing full Scrum. For most people, it's not a light switch. It's a small series of steps. And so like when you and I got together, right, it was the biggest thing that uh, was hindering your ability to get into that flow state was all of that multitasking, which you hit on so lovely. And then, then you got, we changed your pattern slightly, super tiny little change so that you can into a habit of one piece flow as as best as possible, you know, adapted for your situation. Mm -hmm. And then what every, everything you just said now, the type of conversation we're having today, night and day compared to how we talked in October, uh, which was it by this point, like two quarters ago to use teacher. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was like a semester ago when we talked yes. about uh, when we, when we started. And I think right now the people listening that haven't been on all of the conversations that we've had together, Howard, mm-hmm. it's amazing to hear you talking about how you're now working on the teaching instead of just being in the teaching. And I think that's one of the beautiful things that scrum does is that, in the framework, when you do the full system, which Howard is now absolutely doing, you mm-hmm. have a chance to improve how you work in addition to what you deliver at the end. So I just wanted to just pause on that because you're making my heart sing. Thank you, Howard. Oh, <laughs> you're, you're welcome, Felipe. I would say a light switch. Was, I think it's a bunch of switches. I think it was more along That's the what I'm saying. Switch. It's a bunch of switches. And some people yeah. hear this, Howard. And like, I could, I could explain scrum in less than 120 seconds i can mm-hmm. pull up a picture and i've done this many times and i show people all the stuff and the people are like okay and then i say okay now i've showed you everything that's there mm-hmm. let's unpack some of this it has to be unpacked with mm-hmm. your current way of doing stuff yeah and i and that's a lot of the, the, the conversation i had with uh with with christian in regards to that we kind of i took his expertise and your expertise. Did you know that and, Christian's also a scrum master, Howard? Uh, I did not. I, I know now. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I feel like I'm almost like I I, I almost want to become one now. Just just uh, just <laughs> because it's you know because yeah. it's because if for no other reason, you just hear a lot of I hear a lot of my colleagues. You know, not just in you know, Bill, but I'm sure where if you look online, it's just a lot of just struggling, just kind of struggling with just like gets her because I mean, these past few years, you know, teaching has been very hard, especially if you had to do it, you know, virtually like I did. Um, and teaching is just a struggle in particular, you know, forget doing it during a pandemic. It's just a hard job. You know, and people kind of like, you know, joke on us kind of, you know, like, well, you get the summers off. I'm like, well, not really. Um, some of it is, you know, some of it is, a lot of it is like, you know, we kind of, yes, we do unwind because try, you know, dealing with those kids, you know, dealing with kids kid is a hard task just to begin with. Um, and um, we don't really have time for ourselves. So the summertime sometimes is that time for ourselves to rest, to recover, to kind of take a, a professional development courses to kind of uh, boost you know, our knowledge base or to get recertified um, and such. And depending upon, thankfully, I work in a county where our pay is very well um, in regards to it. But some places, you know, people need to kind of work a summer job, you know, to kind of make, you know, make ends meet, which is a wholly other complete discussion (laughs) whatsoever. The sheer numbers of students that you have, it's so, I mean, to put in context, you're, you're helping transform, in essence, helping people grow and develop. 150 people in mm-hmm. months, right? So for a lot mm-hmm. of people, like even in large complex construction projects, Howard, mm-hmm. like people don't have that number of people that they're actively engaged with. I mean, you are actively engaged one on one to many and one yeah. on one in a lot of cases. And in, in construction, even though like the number, the project teams can get, you know, there on the mega projects, it's not until you get mm-hmm. to the mega projects north of $500 million dollars. Mm. Um, but the teams get to sizes of consistently over a hundred. And you also have to realize in regard to those teams, and I tell um, everybody, especially new teachers, when you're dealing with students, I, I think of almost kind of a 70-20-10 ratio, where as much as you may not say it, 70, roughly 70 to 80% of the students, you know, give or take in that area, will do what you want them to do. Because they're just good kids, even the ones that you may not think, you know, are good kids because they want to do well. Granted, you may have to ask them a few times. You may have to kind of, you know, kicking, screaming as like everything else um, and such. 
Then there are roughly at the end five to 10% that need services or assistance that is beyond my control, that is beyond the school's control um, for multitude of reasons. And in some instances, they don't want to be in the building and they will make you, and they will clearly make you not let you know that they don't want to be in the building in so many words um, and such. And then you have that uh, 10 to 20 in the middle who, you know, I guess you would categorize to use the vernacular the at-risk uh, uh, students, those that are kind of on that edge of, you know, where we need to kind of at risk of falling into kind of that that uh, range of, you know, they can either go up and kind of be those kids that, you know, will do stuff or kind of fall um, into the trap where they need those services that, you know, some public schools uh, cannot provide uh, for them. I'm dealing with 150 kids with about maybe 15-ish to 20 who really don't want to be there. You know, it's not like, you know, a construction project where like, you know, if you're not there, you don't get paid. <laughs> so it's like, you know, you're there because <laughs> you kind of want to be there. Um, so we're dealing with a, a lot of things handling and a lot of things that are kind of, I, I don't know if out of my control is the right word, but things that I may not be aware of or, uh, or I guess I could say out of my control. Um, and such because they come with a lot of baggage, you know, uh, to that's a good, the bad, and unfortunately the ugly. Um, and you always have to remember the school is sometimes the safest place for them um, and such. So I'm dealing with a lot of different characteristics of my team on a daily basis, you know, right. and it's, you just have to be kind of aware of that. Using kind of scrum though, when I kind of like look at it now, I kind of, because I've got my Trello board off to the side that I kind of have, and I kind of now, I thought I would start kind of with Chris, kind of do kind of my planning one time with the Trello board, just like one big board and kind of go on it. But then I kind of realized I can't really because I have six different teams. You know, I have six different teams and they need to be planned accordingly. So I thought, well, you know what? Let's jump in, you know, let's go in full breach, you know, kind of like, you know, all into the deep end and stuff. And I'm finding it actually is kind of easy. <laughs> you know, it's, it's the flow is just kind it's just so working. Um, and such. And like I said, kind of looking at it with a lot of help from you and Pakel, kind of taking that 30,000 foot, you know, view of it and then kind of seeing like, oh, okay, this is where this part fits. Okay, this is where this part fits. I think I, w I think when we started talking, I needed to see, I needed to see it first. I mean, I know we talked about, yes, there is the theoretical aspect of it. And, you know, and, and that's, and it's got its valid points, but then you got to see how it, how, how does it fit for you? Um, and such. And even then, I kind of was asking questions of myself about, you know, because I was kind of always thinking on that personal level how when I put one thing in the doing pile, that's the only thing you're doing and such. You know, and on a person, that's on a personal level. But then, like when you're doing it on a school level, um, you could have multiple things in the in progress doing pile because while well, at one point you may have like your lesson that you're doing on that day you can also have like a semester or a quarter-wide project going on at the same time so that should also be in the uh, kind of the doing pile because it is still in progress and i guess i also kind of got I guess kind of was still systematic in my thinking in regards to the sprint where it's like, oh, I had these parts. Of sprint. What if I still have parts of the sprint and I get to the end of my sprint and you kind of in a very nonchalant way, it's like, Howard, are you going to stop teaching those things at the end of the year? I'm like, Duh, Howard, that was a dumb question. <laughs> but it was just like, it's like, it's just one of those things where it's just like, you know, how to see how it fits. And then just really, yeah. This works. This this oh, we had a we had a great call, Howard, where you were yes. you were arguably way too hard on yourself. And we you had a bunch of questions for me and we just went through real quick on the phone and it, it was I, like, it was all it was for, for, for the listeners, it was a whole bunch of post-it notes too. And I kind of had like put them out like on a board. It's like okay, it was like I, I literally on my desk put them almost in asking to ask, ask answered you know yes. kind of pile it's like that's, that's how true. that's how like ingrained i got so it's like and it, it was to the point it's like and you started out at the big so well at the beginning so before you i even started asking the question you were like okay i could move these four skip the ask they're answered you know yes. God. Yeah. I, I, one of the cool things that, that came out of that is when mm -hmm. you know we're talking about the team and and the conversation we had this last time was different mm -hmm. than the first time because the first time you weren't doing scrum yet and, and then now you've had a semester's worth of practice with it. And so you're mm -hmm. 
so much deeper into the framework. And we expanded the definition on this last call on who, who is the team and what is the product. And that was what that, I think as soon as that got answered, that was like, that was okay. I'm good. I, I'm good. Cause I was reading Jeff's book and he was talking a lot of the concept of team, teams, teams, you know, teams and teams, yeah. you know, working with others. And granted in a middle school, you have uh, depending upon where you work, you teachers work in teams, you know, uh, con see someplace it's con called CLTs, uh, common learning teams, content learning teams. Sometimes some places will call it PLCs, professional learning communities. Basically it's where similar content teachers get together to plan out uh, their subject matter. So I was kind of thinking, okay, I probably could do the CLT wise. What about me? I mean, because like I see the principles in it. I saw the principles in it on my own and personal on my daily board uh, that I do. Can I do this, you know, lesson planning? And I was kind of like, okay, I'm working with teams. Then I was kind of like, okay, wait a minute. I'm kind of the only one, you know, on that team of teaching my kids. Can I really do this? Who else would I be talking to? And then you kind of came and said, Howard, you are the project owner. You are the scrum master. You are the, you are everything on the team. I'm like, I am. And you talked me through it. And I was like, oh, it makes sense now. Yay. Boom. We're gone. Off, we're off and running. And I tried it this week and I would just be amazed that I would put in the aspects of the, I kind of set my board up for my classes where I have now like my, um, my yearly backlog, which is, and a lot of this was in consultation with Mr. Pakel. I have my yearly backlog, which is the, uh, what my year is going to be, the content I'm going to teach for the year. That's like the, the year. So that's like sprint one, kind of like the yearly sprint. So that by the end of, by the end of the school year, I should get through all of this. Right. Okay. Then I break it down into the active quarter because this is our, then I move the stuff over that I need to do for this quarter, um, uh, which should take nine weeks. Um, and then you kind of do then a kind of put in a current spirit backlog. This is kind of what I would like to do for three in, in these three weeks. And then I have in progress and I kind of break everything down. If uh, you're familiar with Trello, use the checklist feature to kind of go through and like, these are all the things that I'm going to try and do, you know, for this unit. So at the end, I could be like, aha done you know they should be able to deliver the assessments that uh, would show at the end that they are they have understanding of the content uh, that they have understanding of the skills and i just started out where i would just move certain things i thought i could get through in that block into the in progress and as i was going through it with the exception of a few classes because a few classes got a little Middle schoolers decided to be like middle schoolers <laughs> that day, which does happen from time to time. Variation um, is normal in any system. It is, <laughs> yes. And I found as I was moving things over to the done, I was like, oh, I was moving everything over. I was like, I was getting done. Granted, things at the end were then developed into the homework that they needed to do at home. But I felt that was, you know, we had set them up for a success so that they, you know, if they decided to do the homework, that they would be able to be successful at it. You know, <laughs> um, one of the things I am sometimes not, in, I'm not as much in control as I would like to be, but I can if, you know, when needed. Oh, wow. I'm, I'm moving stuff over, you know, and the flow was working. And this was before I got further into the book where I got into the, uh, concept of before i got to the concept of like you know the uh, using fibonacci or planning poker uh to uh you know plan out a unit um and such or uh concept of the stories you know making sure each story was invest quality you know kind of like being under being able to kind of see you know did they have done did one and such and um you know and i'm gonna need probably read that to make sure i understand the stories because i would also say to teachers sometimes the story part might be hard to handle for some math teachers in particular i got this metaphor from somebody i was working with this week howard mm -hmm. i said uh, you can think about stories like different containers or cups mm -hmm. and they use the word vessel because they're mm -hmm. like way into like ship metaphors or whatever <laughs> And so like Howard's got his cup and I've got my cup and uh, his cup is probably twice the size of my cup, which is cool. So like, he's got a bigger cup. So some stories are bigger, but it's still just a container that groups mm -hmm. similar work together. 
there are definitely resources out there. I highly recommend Jeff's Red Book. You are doing twice the work and half the time. I'll put a link in the show notes to it. I've read that book probably six to eight times a year since it first came out. It's like, it's like, it's almost like uh, my, my, my Torah, you know, it's like, you know, it's like, you know, I'm Jewish. So, you know, it's like, you know, it, it's something that I, 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 I was saying to a colleague of mine, I wish I would have read this book earlier, you know, and stuff like that. But now that I have read it, I realize I am not going to now make the same mistakes that I've made in the past. I now know what to do better and to improve on it. And the thing to highlight, Howard, is that you, in the, when we first connected and before you're getting help from me and Christian, it's like, number one, it takes courage to even get help. So I want to just thank you for being courageous. A lot of people don't think about that, but to do something different and to reach out, especially you're reaching out to people across industry, like Christian and I are typically, all of our experiences have been in the construction industry and you're in education. And so mm -hmm. we're crossing, we're crossing industry boundaries, which I think is fantastic. And that's where you know, in my, and when I started getting into continuous improvement, I had to cross industry boundaries into other industries like software manufacturing, you know, I was never would have come across scrum or, and then, and then just to come back to lean construction, which is in and of itself, its own thing, which is like yeah. all, all up in your house with uh, <laughs> literally and figuratively. <laughs> so, it's uh, you know, once you, you took that, that first step, which is a big step for people listening, like, I'm thinking like, how do, how do I do like, how do I be like Howard? Well, it's more, it, it also depends upon, I guess, how you, uh, how you view yourself. I always wanted to, I never settled for being where I was. I always, how can I do this better? Because you have to, because things change over time. The, the education industry, you know, a field, um, has changed over time. You know, I joke with the kids, you know, there's a, I started teaching when like, you know, you had transparencies, <laughs> you know, had the transparency, you know, projector and such. And, Remember you that. know, Yes, and now things are like more digital and you have to realize, you know, as much as you joke, you joke about it, the kids I have know a lot, more, have a lot more access to information than the kids I started teaching, you know, 23 years ago. Oh, a lot more. Um, you know, they know more, they're exposed to more information, which has its good points and its bad points. Um, their level of technology usage is more impressive of what they know how to do. Um, and you can't even take, you know, if you work at a school, like, you know, because now uh, cell phones are more affordable, you know, in such with internet capabilities, uh, you know, you have that, you have to think about that now, that even if you work in a school with a lot of uh, disadvantaged students that you may not think have that access, they actually do in some instances. So you can't just figure that out, uh, kind of like leave that out of the equation. So I always knew I had to improve. You have to, you have to either adapt or as the saying goes, adapt or die. You know, <laughs> in, in, that, in that case. Yeah, that's a joke. It, 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 but it's so true. It is, it is so true. What ways could I adapt? How I could change a lesson this way? Uh, new ideas to kind of come through. Um, and we were always getting over uh, kind of, well, define the stuff that you have to do. And oh, everyone says like, you know, everyone's uh, like now everything's like, everything's supposed to be more data driven. And everyone's like, oh, data, you know, it's all about data, 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 data. But it's like, take the step back and realize, well, you kind of should always have been data, you know, data should have been driving because, you know, how the kids are doing in certain things, that is the data, you know. So a lot of it is, I would just say to teachers who kind of are thinking, you know, should I do this? Can I do that? Just pause, step back and kind of look at how you do things and then kind of see how things fit and kind of see how it works in your uh, system. And that's kind of what I was doing all the time. But yet planning out, planning always kind of seemed to be that, you know, grail was like, was like getting to every, get, was like giving my best in that regard to delivering a final product. Was I cutting corners and just realizing how I was planning with kind of, you know, the Gantt charts or the waterfall method and stuff like that, you know. You can tell I've read the book, haven't you? Uh, it's, it's, yes. <laughs> I was fearful that you would give me a test, you know, at the end of the show. <laughs> just, it's going to be no test. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Please. Thank you. Thank you. But it was just yeah, like, we're in the I, formative. 
Yeah, there you go. There you go. Give yourself exactly. Thank you. Yeah. But no, as I was reading Jeff's book, I would read it and I would put things down. And I was like, <laughs> and I would find myself laughing because it's like, oh my God, it's so right. You know, in regards, you know, we, we, we stick at planning. We stick like we can never estimate how long something takes um, because they're just, especially when you're a teacher, you're dealing with so many variables and those variables have to be honored and respected um, because if those variables aren't honored and respected, you are, once again, setting yourself up for a disaster. Thankfully, I work in a school district in a school where those variables are honored and those are respected. And I know sometimes teachers may say, well, I've got one that says we have to do a common assessment where everybody, um, common assessment, basically imagine that if like, I'm, since I'm a seventh grade history teacher, if I work with two other history teachers um, in seventh grade. So basically the tests that we do have to be similar. Basically a kid who gets an A in my class should be getting an A in the other teacher's classes. It's kind of to go away from the old adage of like, who's, you know, oh, you're the easy grader, you're the hard grader, you know, kind right. of like who's the easy seventh grade teacher. But that still can work because if you plan it out right, you know, you've got the common assessment at the end. That's the final product. And as long as, and as if everybody is on board with it, you know, you kind of know where you get. It's like, oh, and it's kind of like reading through Jeff's book about all the products that you kind of want. It's, I think it was Medco. Yeah. in it in it and kind of like they knew the product at the end and all these companies you know the product at the end you know what you want it to do you know what functions you wanted to have and that's kind of like the same way as a test you know the skills that are needed you know the content that should be understood and then you just kind of work backwards that's kind of what we call backward design you kind of plan you know you know plan with the assessment in mind and work your way backwards so i was like once again that kind of also got me into scrum because i heard about like pole planning you know and you know you know and such like that so i was like okay these people are speaking my language um and such so just once again how's it fit so you pull back uh you know accordingly you realize like if you teach a, a class of uh, el english learners uh students who uh do uh, english as a second language uh to them so depending upon their skill levels, maybe you know a, uh, a part where something is a, where for one class it might be a three, you know, another it might be, you know, for that class it might be an eight. Not be, but for legitimate reasons. And, you know, as long as those reasons are honored, you know, it Scrum should work for teachers. And that's what helped me, I think, feel like I'm going to be a better teacher, you know, just learning that, ah, I could see how the dots all connect. You, you also jumped into Jeff's book. And at the end, there's a chapter on uh, Scrum and Education and uh, Willie Wygans, who Jeff has met. Who I've met. And, I, I've met you. Yeah, we got to talk about I, Willie for a second, but yeah. people at the at the back of, of Jeff's book, uh, there's a couple of chapters on Scrum and other industries, which was fascinating. There wasn't one in construction at the time, and it still isn't yet. Uh, there's <laughs> been there's been more there's been more work done on construction Scrum, Howard. Pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> very much. I kind yeah. of have I kind of have an inside look at that on you know, so we we won't go down that route. So tell people about uh, meeting Willie and what Willie does. Uh, well, Mr. Wylands, I believe teaches chemistry yes. um, in the Netherlands, and he's developed a concept. And I've only and I've only met him on two occasions, and I need to kind of email. So, Mr. Wylands, if you're listening uh, and such, I will be in contact with you soon uh, for over the summer. Kind of came up with a concept of edu scrum, where it's kind of taking these scrum principles um, and putting it into education. Uh, kind of mixing out, and I kind of got was interested and kind of saw what it was. And it kind of got me hooked. Now I tried a project once I tried to go full in. I need to, I'm hard on myself because I need to see everything. Mm -hmm. I am not the type who has to like, you know, dip your toe in once and then kind of see how it works and then kind of move together. I have to see how the whole thing flows, you know? So I think that's also what kind of attracted me also to Scrum, kind of like, you know, it's a process. So I kind of have to see the whole process. And he kind of shows how we use his Scrum in his teachings. Um, and like with the class doing kind of how they know what they're doing in their projects, know what they're doing in assignments, even kind of working on their own versions of how they show that they are done 
you know, that they have understanding of their concepts. Now, granted, I probably could not start that out right now because it takes a lot of front end training uh, to do at the front end of the school year. And that's kind of also how a project of mine kind of when I tried to like dive in because I thought, oh, this is great. Let me try this. And it just blew up in my face. And I kind of realized why it blew up in my face and, you know, replanned and kind of went back, you know, and kind of uh, re redid the unit. I didn't uh, do it with Scrum, but I know what I did wrong. So I know I am not going to do that same mistake again. Um, that's a plus. Here, you get a point for you for learning. Thank it. you. Thank you. But you kind of go through edgy scrum and i know someone say that oh god is this like a new concept but like no it really isn't because the movement in education now is towards what's referred to now as personalized learning where kids kind of learn more uh, you know independently and you are more of a not the lecturer but more of kind of like the coach think of it as more like a, a sherpa you know the, the the guides through the mountains that's kind of where the role of a teaching is moving towards um and also the idea of project-based learning that we're moving away from kind of the uh, traditional tests to more ways where it's like they could take their knowledge and apply it to a certain situation because those are kind of the skill sets that you know industries are looking for so you know, we in education kind of have to prepare them for those uh, for those skill sets. So there are a lot of pieces out there already where Scrum is gonna is good and it can work for you, and where you can kind of fit your pieces in, where you're not really throwing all control over to the kids, which you shouldn't do at the beginning because they have no idea what they're doing. And, you know, and such, but that's the, because you're introducing something, them a new concept. So you, they've got to have to kind of teach it. So there'll be a lot of groundwork at the beginning, but seeing what Willie and his group have done, uh, Mr. Wylands, and um, I'm like, oh, this, this works you know, this works. And I'm seeing how I can do it, not just in a, you know, when I do individual group projects, I kind of realize now, you know, whatever classroom I'm in, wherever it may be, I'm going to have a Kanban board set up on the wall. So like, you know, even when we're doing like a group active, we're doing like a whole class activity, like one like uh, recently I had a class we were working on the 1920s kind of learning concepts about the 1920s the jazz age the Harlem Renaissance those cool. I kind of would have the kids we were doing kind of a choice board activity where um, uh, uh, when they say a choice board it sounds it's exactly as it sounds where you have kind of a general topic and you kind of give the students options to kind of get to understanding the knowledge or the content of that topic so I told the kids, okay, well, the first thing we have picture like a, uh, a multi-slide uh, uh, Google slide presentation where one slide is the Harlem Renaissance, one slide is uh, the Great Migration, one slide is the Jazz Age. And within each of those slides, there are five, cont uh, five subtopics. So what I had the kids do is I would tell them, okay, this is what you're going to do by the end of class taking the class period as my sprint, I would like us to do, I would like you to get through at least the, at least two slides of your choice, one topic in each. I had the kids write their names, write down, pick two slides, one topic each inside on the, on the, on the post-it. All right, put it up to the wall. Okay, and then I went through and I explained what that actually physically means, you know, kind of thing. Here are the slides. You can see how they have the topics. I would like you to do two of these slides with one topic within each. Does everybody understand what we're doing? We're good. I then walked over, moved everybody's over to doing, and you start working. And lo and behold, the kids are doing it. And you can see when they would come up to me and like show that that's like, okay, go find yours, move it to done. They're like, yes. <laughs> and they moved it to done. <laughs> Um, yes that's yeah. like and i was so as i was individually i was doing it also with a group project and the kids loved it because they were saying you know kids are saying you know it keeps everybody on task and i think teachers will also love this using a kanban board if anything else you don't take away from our yeah. discussion of, that went off on so many different tangents <laughs> and such every teacher doing a group project should use should research about the kanban board 
that is like if if I took nothing else out of learning a scrum, I have found the joys of a Kanban board. Me and a Kanban board are like my best friends because um, for teachers and those who are listening who may not be familiar with the Kanban board, you have um, I basically made it very simple to do doing done, where the groups you know assign everybody the tasks, they put it in the to do. And then once everybody understands their tasks, once everybody understands what needs to be done, duh, you start doing it. And what's great is especially, um, uh, and school teachers understand this, when you're working on group projects, there's always that one who wants to, you know, hide under the radar, the one who always wants to hopefully like, <laughs> you know, kind of be the anchor, kind of let uh, the others in the group do the, uh, you know, do the work for them. But you see with the Kanban board, as I tell the kids, they can't hide. <laughs> out there there see and the kids picked it up if you have a good group and i've been lucky you know knock wood to have a good group of kids well they will enforce on each other they either help you out or they will go to the teacher and be like so-and-so's not doing their work why <laughs> ah they're still in the doing pile yeah. um but it's because it's so visual and it's quick and it's easy. It's not like forms where, you know, and some teachers have like forms where the kids feel, okay, what are the tasks you're doing? And kind of like write out track loss. No, write it on a post-it note. Boom, to do. All right. This is what you're supposed to do. Does everybody understand? We're good. Everybody over to doing. And, you know, and I'm just like, I realized once again, I wish I would read this earlier because I would have started trading earlier. And I think life would be so much were easier granted it's become easier from our first uh you know visit with kind of like getting everything out because like we just had interims um and i'm like where i am supposed to be with grading i don't have a lot of papers to grade you know over the weekend because i've been you know using my scrum board and getting them through as crazy as this may sound i am almost wanting it to be next school year because i just want to like you know put this through and just be like but I'm excited for it because I just want to try new things and see how like, you know, new, new ideas work. And I'm just like looking at this and I'm like, oh my God, I am just like, I am like drooling over the possibilities of how this works. And I'm going to make sure I take like careful notes of what I do so I could report back to you and Mr. Piquel. Well, <laughs> so, I want you hear that you're not really having to work on the weekends anymore. Like you can get your schoolwork and teaching work done during the five day work period, which was not the case a semester ago. Right. Oh, no. it, 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 well, let's just say I was doing it. I guess if I want to say to anybody who's thinking of kind of like when you're going to Scrum, am I reinventing? The, did I reinvent the wheel? No. I just found out how to make the wheel spin faster. And we'll do a, ladies and gentlemen, if you, if you want to get your hands dirty with learning what Scrum is, I just so happen to have a free Scrum course. If you click in the in the show notes below, there's a bio link for me. Click on my bio link and there's a link to a free scrum course. So go there and it's only 30 minutes, you know, invest 30 minutes, but you will get hands on, get your hands dirty with scrum and a digital whiteboard. And that's all available for you if you're listening. But Howard, uh, it has been my honor and my pleasure having you on the show. You get the last phrases out and then uh, we say goodbye to the good people of the EBFC show. For anyone who's interested also in, in, in doing scrum, if you look at Trello and Trello's various, but I know if like Trello is like so overwhelming with all of its uh, bells and whistles, it's just uh, a lot of schools on Google use like a Jamboard. Mm -hmm. um, you could set up a you could set up a Kanban board that way, and in in regards to that, and it's very quick and it's very easy. I had um, people from our central office uh, visiting our school. I think it was this past Thursday, um, and they came to my class and they saw the Kanban board, so they were like, "Whoa." Wow, that was this is just impressive. I'm like, I still, <laughs> and so they were very impressed with like the productivity, the collaboration uh, that was going on. And one kind of said, you know, oh, I, I I use these. We have a lot of projects going on. I'm like, oh, this is come this comes from the concept of Scrum. So hopefully, I'm starting to spread the word around. There you go. But I like. I, I would highly recommend to any of you to click on that link below uh, to take that 30 minute uh, scrum course. If for no other reason, you get to meet the wonderful, you get to meet the engineer, you know, in itself, who just, it's a joy. It's always, it's always a joy to talk to you, uh, Felipe. And I would, I would uh, highly recommend taking this course or, or reading about uh, Dr. Sutherland's book um, about scrum. And you will be so glad you did in you will actually feel better at the work that you do. And also just in physically as a person, you know, just because you 
are doing better, you're doing it in less time, and then you're having that odd sensation of personal time for yourself that you have no idea of what to do now. <laughs> you know, just don't tell your don't tell your significant other because she might add more on he or she might add more onto your like honeydew list <laughs> and things like that. Um, but no, but uh, I hope I was helpful uh, to you and your uh, listeners, uh, uh, Felipe. And it's always a joy and a pleasure uh, to speak with the engineer. Very special thanks to my guest. I'm Felipe Engineer Manriquez. The EBFC show is created by Felipe and produced by a passion to build easier and better. Thanks for listening. Stay safe, everybody. Let's go build. <laughs>